This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's Shake Them Ropes. My name is Chris Novembrino. I am back after driving several hundred miles here in the last few days. Went to San Antonio. Back from San Antonio. Did not sleep well because I don't sleep well on the road. Jeff, do you sleep well when you're on the road? You know, it's weird. I haven't been on the road in so long, but I I tend to just because I tend to wear myself out. Like The last times I was on the road was when I was working the 3.30 to noon shift. So I was always lacking sleep, so I would always sleep well wherever I was. Like, I am a deep sleeper, so yes, I I have no problem sleeping. It's waking up that's the problem for me. My mistake was not bringing my melatonin with me, because I don't like taking NyQuil or anything harder than the melatonin, but especially when I'm sleeping in a bed that is not my own bed, and, and I didn't have cats and everything, just my rhythm of going to bed was punctuated. By, by this new bed, absence of cats, weird room, weird hotel smells. So if I'm a little bit loopy, I'm a little bit loopy. But I, I did watch. I know that feeling, but I do know that loopy feeling yeah. of, of traveling. It's usually when I fly versus when I drive, because when I drive, I take you know pretty good breaks. But uh, now you know four shots of rumplements, snore like a racehorse, and then you know wake up. I'm good. The other thing that I am noticing is happening to me is when I'm riding in the back seat of cars now, I can't read my cell phone because if I do that for too long, I start getting like dizzy. So I am now being more mindful of, okay, you're riding in the back seat, just close your eyes and enjoy the ride. And it's fine. I kind of go into like a little bit of a trance thing, but it, I'm getting just a bit of motion sickness now when I'm riding around as I'm getting older and, uh, that's not fun. Motion sickness apparently kind of yes. sucks. Yes, it does. You don't. I, I can't read when I'm, you know, in a in a car. I just can't. Yeah, it looks like the days of Chris reading while in the car. I, you know, I mean, it was kind of fun to do a little bit of extra twittering, especially more than I have been recently. But uh, yeah, no, it looks like the days of me actually reading stuff in the car. Those days are over. Those days are over now. But I did enjoy. WWE, NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live this week. How about yourself? Uh, more or less. I, I uh, It wasn't as... See, it's weird. It's kind of a come down from last week. Yeah, well, last week was like nearly uh, 10 out of 10 for what I can expect out of weekly episodic television, especially in this era. But this was still, at least for me, generally on track. Uh, before we get to that, I, I want to do a couple cleanup points uh i am i am excited as hell because i mean i have to watch stomping grounds because on hidden gems they uploaded almost four and a half hours of material from the 1986 crockett cup and i am so down with this apparently they've also found an unedited version on this same show of a sheep herders fantastics match that uh, uncle dave gave five stars um, it, I hear it's I hear nice. it's a hoot nanny, so I I am far looking forward to that. Love the Crockett Cup, always loved it. Eighty six is weird. I believe eighty six is the year that 
Rick Martell and Dino Bravo were supposed to be a team, but they no-showed because the WWF decided to screw with Crockett, so they signed them right before the show. But, Chris, I'm going to give you uh, the first match on the show because they, they skipped the first five matches of the of the daytime session, but they open with the Fantastics versus the Fabulous Ones. I'm nice. in. I'm nice. so in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I cannot Hell wait. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to go over something that w- happened on SmackDown. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go into this, is there any update on Bobby Eaton? Is uh, he doing okay? Heart attack, uh, but he is recovering, I believe, is what it was said. I'm going to... Good, good, man. My thoughts are out with Bobby Eaton here tonight because beautiful Bobby rules. He is one of the best, most natural wrestlers. And as I get older... The more Bobby Eaton matches I watch, the more appreciation I have for just how smooth that oh, yeah. guy is. No, he's so he's great. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys who does a lot of the short videos. I think it might have even been it might have been Monsoon Classic, but somebody was retweeting all the uh, Bobby Eaton becoming one of the Blue Bloods vignettes and how that happened. Oh, those are amazing. The the Sir Earl or Lord Earl or Robert. Of Eaton, yeah, no. Those, the Midnight Express those matches are, are all great, but if you really want to see a really good Bobby Eaton solo match, go watch that clash where he and Ric Flair are at top of the card. It's it's you almost think Bobby Eaton's going to be the world champ. It's fantastic. I also enjoy later on in his WCW days when he is actually having early prelim matches against some of the incoming cruiserweight like stars. Nitro era? It's really, really fun. Eaton? Yeah, okay. it's really fun to see Bobby Eaton working with all of those people as well, and it just lets you appreciate even more what range this guy has and all the different match forms that he could work rather effortlessly. Yeah, and I mean, the dude worked from the time he was 18 to the time he was almost 40, so I mean... Uh, you know, he he was fantastic everywhere. I love that guy. I, I I hope he pulls through this. His wife says he's gonna pull through, um. But you know, it's always touch and go the day, like the short time right after a heart attack, because you never know if it's gonna be a multiple type thing. So if, if you're the type of person who says prayers, keep Bobby Eaton in your prayers. Where would you like to begin I this go- week? Oh, oh wait, you had a, you had yeah, a cleanup. Thing. I got we had a cleanup back. thing. Um, on a point I made on Tuesday's show about this Alexa Bliss Bailey promo on SmackDown, I basically said I thought it was the death of the Bailey character. I, I I thought Alexa ate her alive. Sure, Bailey came back and smacked her later, but that promo. Did people tell you that Bailey's been dead for months and that this couldn't kill an already dead thing, or did they say that she's totally well, most fine? Most of the stuff I heard was that this was the best part of SmackDown, and it it helped build the match, and it was logical, and it made sense, and it you know it was really entertaining, and I was like, what what were you guys watching? Not that it wasn't entertaining, really entertaining. But- I wouldn't say it was illogical but it was certainly not uh, a put, compositional revelation the point i put out there um and let me see if you agree or disagree and i'm i'm happy for you to disagree on it i i'm just hearing hearing the feedback well, um, i appreciate just that just hearing the feedback made me go am i dead wrong on this or am i just slightly wrong on this i said that the promo from a theoretical standpoint was bad because Alexa Bliss 
wasn't tearing down this new confident Bailey character as a fraud. She was tearing down the person behind the Bailey character as a fraud. And it's a little bit too breaking the fourth wall for me to be an effective wrestling promo when she's talking about you were mean to me in NXT all this, all that time. And everybody thought I sucked and nobody thought I, you know, it's hard for, it's hard to get behind that kind of promo when only a certain number of people know the history of Alexa Bliss in NXT for the most part. And and it's mostly just what she's done on the main roster, but it, it just felt I think a lot of people are completely unaware of Alexa Bliss as a babyface yeah. character. But but also just it was like okay, if you're going to attack Bailey for being a fraud, especially after Monday night where Natty basically goes, "Wait, you mean she didn't take a photo with that girl?" It's like you, you got to attack the character. You can't attack Pamela Martinez, you know, as a as a phony. Now some people have also pushed back, well, maybe this is the beginning of the Bailey heel turn, that she's disingenuous. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. That's not what I'm getting from her at all. I think what they think they're doing is slowly kind of adulting her up I a little I think they're bit, trying to build where heat. She still has the, the side ponytail, though, and she is dressing a little bit more yeah. mature, even though Alexa was like, you're dressing like you're from Forever 21. I still viewed that as actually aging up her wardrobe uh, compared to where she has been over the last four or five years. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't read too much into this, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey is still pretty much the Bailey you've come to be familiar well, yeah, with. Yeah, because they don't do, they don't the do that kind of character year. development in the WWE. They don't grow No, characters. not on the main roster. And I no, thought in NXT no. they did a good job of taking her from being the geeky Forever 21 girl to being a star aura-type champion, and the problem was they didn't know where to go when they brought her up, so they kind of they kind of did a half-assed, halfway-through-the-middle type thing and then just couldn't figure out which way to bring the character, which killed me, because I just thought, Female Cena. That's all you need to do with her. Uh, but I, I have decided. Uh, this, me and a few guys on Twitter had a, had a nice thread about this. That if you're going to turn Bailey heel ever, it has to be like the Wayne Brady Dave Chappelle show sketch, where you're playing upon her niceness, like on a car ride, and then all of a sudden it just turns out she's this vicious, terrible crime lord type person doing things. I, that that that'd be how I'd do it. It'd be. Breaking Bailey, Breaking essentially, Bailey, is what or, you want. You know, does 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 Bailey have to choke a bitch, <laughs> or does you know? Oh no, we'll just. Oh, I got a gift for you, Natty. It's in the back. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's about. Oh, it's for me. Yeah. Give me it's, a it's hug. Two, it's, it's Give me two a hug. Paws. Come in here for a hug yeah, now. Well, it's two paws in the box. You know, she killed the cat, and then you know. Oh, can my daughter? And then Bailey demands a well, hug. Bailey wants a well, like a father. Hey, can my daughter hug you? Oh, you got a hundred bucks, or hit a smack. Or something. <laughs> you know, you just you just turn her that way. I don't know. I but I just it was one of those things where like everybody's coming back to me, or I'm hearing like the other commentariat going, "No, I really enjoyed this. This was great." I was like, "Okay, I'm missing I something." Just, I don't. I can't get to great. I can get to adequate or even inoffensive. I I didn't watch it and go, "This is the death of the Billy character," but. 
I think the Bailey character has been stale for a very long time. And just because she got separated from Sasha Banks, that didn't revive things. If anything, you know, the separation from Sasha Banks is part of the decline. I think she's losing the title to Alexa because I think they're telling the story of Alexa and Nikki. Yes, right. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea that this is turning things around for her or this is great, I'm not seeing that. I have no particular uh I have no particular motive in where to start this week. So okay, how about we start with the undisputed era and their fun double open of this show because the show opens up with the credits, the undisputed comes to the ring and then as they are doing their promo they say we really should be in the intro package of this show and so we get the entire intro of this show done over again with all of them which is amazing my favorite part is that they actually took the time to reshoot the undisputed era singing the lyrics to the song like the <laughs> nxt roster does my favorite part was, that killed my favorite me. Part was kyle o'reilly saying oh it was just something i put together this weekend yes also very funny yeah the idea that kyle o'reilly is the av guy yeah both no I, I, so I, I really enjoyed this i liked uh i liked the uh <laughs> For some reason, even though it went off the rails a bit, the, uh, you know what you are, Matt Riddle? <laughs> he goes, really handsome? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the, I liked the interplay between a very cohesive unit of heels versus kind of a soft alliance of baby faces who are trying to put it together. Classic but, wrestling. But can't structure. make it work. Love that. Yeah, no, I liked that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like that a lot. Yeah, I, I was right there with you. And this is kind of what I've been asking for in terms of storylines. Take some of these classic 80s, 90s style storylines, the loose, the, the confederacy of baby faces versus the tight axis of heels um, and kind of play them against each other. I, I, I like that. I thought this main event was a lot of fun, too. Told the good story, showed us who's going where and good stakes were attached to this main event as well. Yeah. Also along the way here this week, we had the returning Raul Mendoza, who has changed up his haircut, has different entrance attire, and then he gets beaten in not quite a pure squash, but like a second-level enhancement match against the Punishment Martinez, now rebranded as Damian Priest, who does an arrow thing. He's not Kane. He's not Gangrel. He's not quite Baron Corbin Archer either. Archer of the Mystics, or what, what the hell was, it? What was the name of that? Yeah, I, man, this is so boilerplate. We were talking about how the name was stock, but, I mean, the ring mannerisms are stock. The entrance is really stock. It's, it's just like a hodgepodge of every quote-unquote dark character there is. Uh, and boy, especially after watching Aleister Black on the main roster this week, and another really bad promo for him, they just don't know how to do... <laughs> cool dark characters right come now. and find me no clue i'm hiding in this closet and i'm waiting for somebody to come and challenge me for to a fight it's like no that's not what ass kickers do what a nerd uh, how did you turn alistair black into a nerd i have to ask the question though i don't understand the point of having raul mendoza beat um no i hate this i hate having him lose well to he Damian beat Priest well he here. beat riddick moss Remember a few oh, yeah, a that's few right. weeks ago when, yeah. when Moss was doing that yeah. dumb, and it's weird because then they plug Riddick Moss as being a badass because he won the Combine at the PC, 
And then they just, I, I wasn't sure if the point of the Riddick Moss win was to set him up then to lose to somebody who debuts or if they just forgot that he won. And then they just wasn't ever going to do anything with him. I don't get it. He is a guy I would love to see over on 205 Live. Yeah. I think he would very much benefit over there. Um, he would actually be a great tag team partner for Umberto Carrillo. Well, he Carrillo. was great in the, uh, well, he was a tag team partner of Umberto Carrillo, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And he was also a, yeah, no, he was great in the Cruiserweight. And they weren't bad together, so no, let's yeah, do Yeah, he was again. great in the Cruiserweight Classic. He's He's been great on his short stints on NXT. I don't know why they never give him kind of the consistent run, but it, it's just odd. It, it, everything about this was it's, odd. It's one of the stranger, yes, all of this was very strange. Also odd, Zia Lee and Tainara Conti. Now, Boy, this I was like just both these strange. people as personalities. They made mention of the fact that they had tagged together against uh, the uppers or, or the hires. That's what the, their name is, the hires, uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. Why aren't these two getting better? I thought it was very strange to leave Zia Lee in the ring with Tainara Conti to have basically Tainara Conti like, call the match. Um... Why isn't Zia Lee getting better? Well, why aren't either of these people uh, because, getting better? Because I think... Well, because they're not getting paired with people who are really established hands. I don't know how these two are going to teach each other in a public outing like this. What should be happening with, like, Tainara Conchi is she should be having competitive matches against Shayna Baszler and the Baszler Buddies, well, okay. right? Here, here's... I'm I'm gonna throw an opinion out. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Both these we'll both see. these women are martial artists of one way or another. Yes. They are being trained to do choreographed dancing instead of a fight type feel match, which would suit their strengths a lot better. I definitely agree with that. There's a lot of timing yes. based Stop doing stuff. Stop the timing stuff. Just have them beat each other. I can, I heard them chattering yeah. a little bit in the ring and I mean obviously that's the other thing is if you're going to make this all timing based, you also have this like language barrier thing yeah. going on here where the neutral language is neither competitors natural language. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they always say if you speak wrestling, it's kind of a universal language. And that's true to a certain point. But there's also times where language barriers can make it tricky to get the blocking and that sort of thing right. And, and with someone like Zia Lee, you know, she can't just fall back on her wrestling instincts because she doesn't have those I'm, I'm yet. That's what she's here I'm to learn. I'm tempted to say the old Lance Stormline learned to work, but it, it, it's not quite that bad it's just i think it's the, t the just the timing stuff stop doing the okay i'll do this and flip over this and go through the, your legs here and do and and all the fancy mumbo jumbo stuff that could get messed up if you don't have the right momentum i mean even the kicks uh, the kicks can be a little bit perilous yeah. like when she hit tainara kanji with that final kick uh, that i think was okay but it, it wasn't hard to imagine a scenario where you miss the timing on that. You knock someone, you know, out square. Here's what I would do. I, w I would sit both of them down in in one of the uh, in one of the video rooms that they have. I'd have them watch something from, say, Ole Anderson in 1984, 
And I'd say, go work that kind of match and see what you can do with that. As opposed to running these drills where they're doing, you know, somersaults and backflips and things like that. I'd, you know, I'd I'd go backward to go forward with them. Because whatever this style is, this modern indie style that they're trying to work, isn't working for either of them, in my opinion. And I like them both. They both have had really good match. No, presence. I really like Tainara Conchi. I think that she's really interesting as a talent. She has a and I think Zaya Lee's got she has something. That natural cockiness. And she had that in the first May Young classic too, when even in the introductions, she's like everybody looks at her and go, Oh, she's look look at her, she's tiny and cute and blonde and, and, and oh but she has a certain edge to her where it's like, No, I'm the baddest girl here. You know, type of thing. Right. Shouldn't she be paired with someone like Mia Yim? Like, to me, that's sort of the point of someone like Mia Yim, who I guess, you know, they're kind of on a little bit of a mini push. But I would like to see Tanera Kanchi working with Mia Yim and kind of getting a better foothold on things. And Yim can kind of teach her on that hey, front. She was a member of the Undisputed Era for a week. Let's not forget. <laughs> that That is true. I, yeah. Former member of the I Undisputed Era. I loved the the Mia Yim video. I thought this was great. Um, I thought it was weird to bring up all of the 1992 stuff. You mean the uh, I, the L.A. riots? There was. It's a little yes, far because flung she just, because she's not exactly close. It is a little far flung, and it was done as just a one sentence throwaway line. And if you're someone who's sort of a student of modern history, you would easily say this is not just a one sentence throwaway line sort of thing that you would just kind of like float out there. You would need a little bit more clarification. That line about how the blacks and the Koreans were fighting with each other, were at odds with one another, that can't just work as a standalone. Yeah, it's wanting to gloss over a deep issue without getting into the... uh problematic aspects of getting into a deep issue. Then just don't yeah. bring it up is yeah, what no, I'm I saying. Agree. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not saying it's not part of your past or anything like that I'm, I, or anything, anything to that effect, but if you can't say more than one sentence on it, you can't say enough on it to really do it justice, is my opinion. Well, this is, this is the odd thing about dealing with Mia Yim in many ways, is that the other storyline that was big when people were, were uh, bringing her up like during that first run of the may young classic was sexual assault survivor and you're just like well that's that's not what we want to delve into either on on a on a tv show also but it's yeah so she has this past that they really want to use as part of her character but they don't want to go into the dirty dirty details of this past it's tough because wwe is a family-friendly product and Obviously, the world is not always family-friendly, and sometimes the things that make us really interesting and don't necessarily make us a bad person but make us a really strong person are not necessarily always family-friendly themes either. Yeah. So, we did also get announced the NXT Breakout Tournament, which also, I guess, comes with some name announcements as well. Dexter Loomis versus Bronson Reed. (laughs) Bronson Reed is... Jonah Rock and Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis Sam is Shaw. Sam Shaw. Yeah, yes, he has his art book. Will he be bringing his art book to this I, tournament? I don't know. Maybe he'll bring that red suit he was wearing for that NWA title match. That thing was kind of cool. My favorite thing about these introductions were was was on the uh, I want to say on the Chirons. It's like formerly, formerly, everybody was formerly. Yes, I was just like my God. Yes, 
<laughs> it's it's a mandate. And anybody who was named Junior got a new name because Vince McMahon hates being called Junior, so nobody on his thing can be called Junior. We had Jordan Miles. He is formerly known as ACH. Yeah, Jordan Albert Miles Hardy. is not necessarily... Yeah. yeah. It's uh, very generic. Cameron Grimes is Trevor Lee. And we will be seeing Isaiah, quote, swerve. swerve. <laughs> Scott, it's so weird to give him a fake nickname. <laughs> well, he was going by Swerve Strickland for a while. Okay. All right. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but still. <laughs> like I mean, I, I know him as Killshot from doing all of the Lucha Underground reviews. Okay, well let let's let's dispense with the introduction stuff here because like everybody kind of knows who everybody is in, in in this tournament. If you've been paying attention to the show, we went over these names before. How do you feel about this mass introduction of eight new characters where you're gonna be beaten at least? Well, you're gonna have to beat seven of them. Right? Yeah, seven must lose in order for one to win. I think that speaks to a certain problem with all of these, you know, all various levels of profile signings. Uh, you know, ideally, if you're ACH, you're coming out of this winning. You don't want to get lost in the fray here. Oh, I don't this see is... ACH being the one to win this thing. No? Who do you think's going to win? All. At all. I, Trevor I think, Lee? I think it's either going to be Trevor Lee or Strickland. Those are the two guys that have the most star appeal. ACH is there to be solid. He's He's there to be... You know, um, um, he's he's there. He's he's not there to be a star. I don't think. I love ACH, but I think he's he's a veteran hand by this point. Yeah, I could see Isaiah Swerve Scott of all of these names is, I guess, the biggest star name. Yeah. I mean, it feels more star ish than Cameron Grimes. I'm. Yeah. I would be worried if I got stuck with the name Cameron Grimes. That is such a. It's a bad name. A lot of these names are nothing names. That's, I mean, it's better Maybe, than getting named Paul Scum, well, but mean, it's not that much better. Well, but at least you have, with with Strickland, you have Swerve. You know, you have the nickname, you know? Right, it's right, like, yeah. It's like and people, in, you swerve, in boxing swerve, parlance. Swerve, Swerve, yeah. yeah. In, in boxing parlance, you know, if you just said Mike Tyson, and you didn't know who Mike Tyson was, it's like, all right, but Iron Mike? Yeah, that's cool. You know, Ray Boom Boom Mancini. You know, I, I, a good nickname will make you memorable as opposed to what they do is they always make their nicknames the, the marketing slogan, you know, the big dog. <laughs> but they yeah, don't call Dexter him. Loomis, not a great name. Bronson Reed, not a great name. Would not be happy if I got stuck with one of those names. How is that better than Jonah Rock? Well, we can't say Rock because people might get confused with uh, Dwayne Johnson. Nobody's confusing Jonah Rock with J Dwayne Johnson. Nobody. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. But you know, they they don't they never call him Big Dog Reigns. They call him Roman Reigns the Big Dog. So it's like it's like give these guys nicknames, give them something colorful. Give give them something. It it's it's so it's just such a create a yeah, generic this is like player the baseball. WWE 2K19 Create a Wrestler Tournament. I'm looking at this bracket graphic right now, and it really does feel like I'm playing through the early stages of the story mode. Here he is, Mr. Fantastic, Cameron Grimes. You know, whatever. It's it, 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 yeah, no, it's it's a yeah. It, it's not a. It doesn't bode well for us to care about people. See, if you're gonna do this, I want I I want 
if you're going to introduce eight people at once like this in a tournament, I want all of them to be flashy as hell and me to be excited to watch this 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 tournament. And they need to be crazy characters like the original eight characters on the first Mortal Kombat. Each one distinct with their own unique flavor where you wouldn't get them confused for somebody else. Whereas I'm looking at these names. Yeah, we're bringing these we're bringing these guys from around the world, each with their own individual flavor to compete in the Kumite. You know, yeah, that that's Street what I want. Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Dexter Loomis sounds like Bronson Reed, which sounds like Cameron Grimes, which sounds like Jordan Miles. Joaquin Wilde and Angel Garza kind of sound similar. Boa at least has its own flavor to it. Isaiah Swerve Scott has its own flavor to it. But that's four flavors yeah. among eight people. No, that's I'm, not I'm good. with you on this. I'm with you on this. So let's move on to the Street Profits. Little Street Profits vignette. Nothing too fancy here. <laughs> but you know, The thing I bad. love about the Street Profits going around that stupid film set at Full Sail University is, is that they do guerrilla filmmaking better than anybody on this roster because the... The propensity for something to screw up and them to just keep rolling is always high. Like when the crown went off his head and Dawkins just goes, oh, <laughs> for some reason, charming coming from the Street Profits. They could have cut that and done a more professional promo, but no, we're going to keep rolling. No, they have great team chemistry. I still think that there's a problem to having a whole bunch of people holding red solo cups. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like the because symbology you bring those of cups the... into the arena, supposedly. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, the, the symbolism of the red cup is not great for a family friendly product. Um, and it's, it's strange to me to have that kind of dangling out there. And, and I was trying to think about what if they took the Matt Riddle gimmick as far as you're taking like the red solo cup drinking gimmick. I think it would be too far. Um, you could argue right now that the Matt Riddle gimmick's going a little too far with some of the broing stonerific references. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Montez Ford riding on top of a moving car like that again. Standing. I want you sitting, Montez, because I don't want you to get hurt, because I really like you. Thank you. And then we get to our main event, which was old school, classic, three on three. You have the United Heel faction who are riding high right now in their NXT versus this loose confederacy of baby faces who are mainly dealing with tensions from the Velveteen Dream who is Mm -hmm. hot-dogging through all of this. I I thought that the basic blocking of this match, like the plot, who is doing what, who is functioning in what role, this is all great. This is really satisfying for me. I think this is very consistent with the Velveteen Dream character that we've gotten used to here where he just simply lacks a certain level of grace. Tyler Breeze? continues to be the veteran who, you know, is still happy to call himself gorgeous, but now has a little bit more veteran savvy and is not trying to step on everyone's coattails. And he gets along well enough with Riddle, but Riddle also has his own agenda here. I thought this was a good match, too. I I, I like the story. I like the match. Enjoyed the match quite a bit. Um, Do you prefer Dublon Tandra 
Velveteen Dream or non-double entendre Velveteen Dream? I prefer non-double entendre Velveteen Dream. I, I don't care for all the phallic-y stuff um, or all the sexy-wexy stuff. I, okay. I think... I think he can just be super full of himself. I I prefer luxurious. I like live the most gorgeous, most fabulous North American championship lifestyle ever. Velveteen. You prefer him bringing out a couch with hot women on it? Yes. Yes. And he doesn't even need the hot women. I just want him on the couch. I like. I want the Butler Jeeves bringing him champagne. Like not champagne, I guess, because you know, family friendly. But you know what I mean? Like that's what I want. I want the grapes and stuff. I, I I kind of want him to be. Yes, coming in on the helicopters, a little more. You, Ric want, Flair. you want more. Uh, you want more opulent Velveteen Dream opulent. versus more ex, more sexually eccentric Less Prince, Velveteen Dream. More opulence, yes. The yeah, him I mean, flirting with uh, those lines. I I again, it, we're family friendly, right? I I, I, I kind of dug it. I kind of dug it to be honest with you. I like it. Here's where I think it's interesting, though. I like how it does make the heel unit uncomfortable, but then it's like, okay, but then you're also doing that to make the heel unit uncomfortable, and so what message are we sending with that? So I I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it. I want opulence, I think, is, is where I'm at. Purple, royal, regal, give me grapes. Give me just the most fabulous of fabulous lifestyles. <laughs> this is what I want. Or this is what I want for Velveteen Dream. Not me. Not me. I, I'm a humble man of, of modest means. But yes, fun match. Uh, let us move on to 205 Live here. So we have Drake Maverick, who is now the 24-7 champion and off getting married and that is going to continue to build into our Drake Maverick is doing a bad job managing thing. I got to tell you, I'm not crazy about where this final destination is in this storyline, but in terms of getting all of the different threads to weave together to make the story, it's one of the stronger outings WWE has had for like any level of story in a minute here. Did he lose... I think he may have lost the 24-7 title at, at his wedding. wedding. Oh, did he? Yeah. And I'm guessing we're going to get a vignette or two of that. I think he may have lost it to Matt Hardy. Oh, okay. That's funny. At, at the wedding. Um, I like it as a, as a continuity point. I, I'm not sure I want Mike Kanellis being the arbiter of, of uh, reason in doing it. But I, I don't mind you're so obsessed with power on these other shows you're neglecting this this kind of story if it goes somewhere um I, i'm i'm cool with it then we had a tag team match wherein the sing brothers faced off against the lucha house party this was good i'm glad that we finally got away from the rather kind of ho-hum sing brothers squash matches what do you think about them being the lucha house party though I <laughs> I feel like I've seen this match 30 times already for some reason. I don't know why. I but, know, and um, I think we've only seen it twice. I think this is the second yeah. time we've come back around to this. I think the pinatas are stupid. If this is a way they write them off finally, good. Because I, I think it's racially insensitive for the Lucha team to be taking down pinatas for a match. I do. I'm sorry. I'm that guy. I mean, I'm not the most... I'm not the most culturally, well, not culturally, but I'm not the most politically sensitive person in the world. I, I, I understand you do certain things at certain times. 
I just think this was, I, th- I just think the pinata part is lazy. So get rid of those, make these guys, and especially because 205 Live is not supposed to be a sports entertaining show. It was yes, supposed to be right. more of a sports type of thing. So I'm, I'm cool if this is a write-off finally for this gimmick. Here's what I want out of the, the this match or these these this partnership. If we're going to continue this feud, I want escalation in it, leading up to a stipulation. That's all I want. And, and I when I say that, I don't mean, you know, week after week of banana peel finishes until they do a weird stipulation. I I mean, I want this feud to build. I want both sides to start getting angrier at one another. I want a wrestling build for it as opposed to 50 50 we're gonna do a bunch of high spots and eventually somebody's going yeah to win. i feel like next week we're gonna break the bosker that is going to be the comeuppance for breaking the pinata is that the bosker is gonna get sh- shattered and i think that's okay i mean that's I, okay I, and, and can i, I just it, say real I, quickly I wretch, that but, nigel yeah. did a great job bringing up the bosker's mock two that little bit of improv was so funny. Sometimes, I sometimes I'll just have so another hard. ceremony if there's that many good pictures. Yeah, out if there. you're doing a really good job, you get a second one. <laughs> Nigel has been killing it lately. I don't. I that was yeah, that was pretty good. It's like no, they'll just have another award ceremony if there's a lot of good pictures that year. And Aiden English, I, I gotta say, this week, um. Really good. I th- I think he's really found his niche on both 205, and he did a very good job filling in on uh, NXT UK, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was really good on NXT UK. Yeah. He, he was a nice change of pace. I, I think Aiden English is a real positive acquisition for the NXT 205 universe. I wish I could say the same thing about Beth Phoenix. Yeah, let's uh I I've said my piece about Beth Phoenix. Let's let's move on uh to to other stuff on this 205 live show. So, Gnome Dar cut a <laughs> promo. This is funny. There's one note that I don't like. I I think that he's he said that he had very detailed demands and I think what he should have said is that he had very reasonable demands, but I did enjoy when the Brian Kedrick showed up, I thought Gnome Dar's comedic timing was very good throughout all of this. This was a nice little setup for the Brian Kendrick and Gnome Dar to meet up somewhere down the road. Um, I, <laughs> I, went, I was like, uh, my, my first thought was they don't have floodlights where you are so we can light this scene. Um, I, I love the continual references to Mallorca. Magaluf. Yeah, this... Oh, was it Mangaloof or was it Malorca? Magaloof. Oh, you're right. Magaloof is in. Okay, yeah. Magaloof, the uh, Spanish island or whatever. It, yeah. It, uh... <laughs> it, because Noam Dar, I, I believe it, it's weird. He's the Spanish supernova, but I believe he was originally Scottish supernova. Scottish supernova. Never mind. Fuck. I just messed that up all over the place. But he was originally like from Israel, I believe. Yeah, he is from Israel. Yeah, that's just so. So he's also a man of the world. I'll I'll take that. But it's just, uh, oh, you know, it's it's lame comedy, but it's comedy that's still it's it's harmless comedy. The oh, Brian Kendrick, what are you doing here? Well, I'm at this remote island and drinking so tropical good. drinks. Yes, he's so good as this little <laughs> Esbird character that I am fine with all of this. I, if other people were doing this, it would be cheesy. But this is. 
kind of what I expect out of Nomdar. He's a little yeah. bit of a weasel. He's a sneaky guy. That's what he does. If we could, if we continue with the weasel character across the platforms, I'm fine with this. It's just I Noam think that's Dar's what problem. We're doing, and we can pick that up when we get to NXT UK here. Yeah, Noam Dar's problem has been character consistency here, and especially you know when he got paired with Alicia Fox, who was such a dynamic presence in that in that team and overpowered his character development there um it's weird to make a title belt a human being though (laughs) let me ask were you as thrown off by some of these camera shots as i was on this 205 live this week it was shot right in specific there 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 was this angle that they did and it may be because they didn't have a crane cam in ontario because they did this from ontario i believe where they're like, it felt like they were like four rows deep, and so you could see the people watching the watching the uh, the match, but it was as if you were almost in the audience. Oh, you know what? I have actually sat out right in that staging area, so I know where that camera area is. And what I've always found interesting, because I've had seats next to that several times now, is that that shot gets used very, very seldomly. So perhaps it is as you. It was say. used a lot on yes. the show tonight, and and the right. thing, and the and the reason I noticed it so much. They was always because, set it uh, up. It's it's certainly set up. Like if you ever have gone to a WWE live event, you have most certainly seen this camera staging. But to your point, yeah, they did rely on it in a way that I'm not used to. Well, they were also behind the plants when they did that because one of the people in that front row was also. Working security is a local worker who also works for Brian Kendrick's promotion named uh, Eric Watts, who was on a season of uh, Tough Enough. Eric Watts? Uh, different Eric Watts than you're thinking of. Oh, not your, not your, not, not your Eric, favorite not, not, Eric Watts. Not mine. This is this is a tall African American gentleman, Eric Watts, who uh, he was on the same season of uh, Tough Enough as uh, Sarah Lee and Mandy Rose and. Uh, Silent Rage, if you remember him. I don't remember Silent Rage. You don't remember Silent Rage? Oh, my God. What a terrible character he was. And he got in trouble, I think, for domestic abuse and got let go of his contract soon thereafter. So I think Mandy Rose is really the only survivor of that tough enough class, if I'm if I'm correct on that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was just, it was just a bit off-putting. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. And then we had the Brian Kendrick versus Russ Taylor. Russ Taylor made a spot on Monday night in a tag team match. And here he had more of an extended showing against the Brian Kendrick. I don't have a ton of thoughts on Russ Taylor. He is in good shape. Uh, I thought that he did do a nice job delivering that big forearm to the Brian Kendrick. But other than that, it was a pretty standard squash match. I think he goes by Ryan Taylor, but maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that one. Maybe well, he's listed as Russ Taylor on what I'm reading off of. Yeah, no, 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 no. They they, they probably use that for, uh, but no, he's a local so- SoCal guy. So I was trying to think of what name he uses around here on Indies. Um, yeah, I just found uh, I, I it was weird because again, Brian Kendrick's a guy who's turned so many times. The crowd, when crowd does not know what to make of him know, as a baby exactly. face. Exactly. Yes, that's, yeah. that, that's the point I was going to go for, is that when he acts all angry and stuff, they go, oh, is he a heel this week? Should we be booing him for doing this? And then he comes out with the facial hair and the beard and everything like that, and that only further confuses things. I, I think with the Brian Kendrick, if he's going to be a baby face, you got to clean shave him. If you want him to be a heel, 
if you want him to be a heel, then leave the facial hair on and just go in that direction. But it seems like they like him as a baby face, so then lean into that kind of overtly is what I would say. I think so, too. And I think on commentary, you got to put over that he's a baby face instead of questioning, <laughs> do you think he's jealous of Akira Tozawa? I, I think you got to put over that he's made a change in his well, life. Well, I, no, I think made... maybe that's the tell then, right? Okay. Maybe, maybe he is jealous of Akira Tozawa, and that's why his hair is black again. That's why he's growing out the mustache and the beard. Maybe we are going to get a Kendrick turn. but Maybe we're getting Ezekiel Jackson back. Mm. Yes, come yeah, on. There we go. There oh. we go. And then we had Oni Lorcan and Arya Davari in our main event. This was fun, man. Like these two are great. I I like these two as a pairing. I like Arya Davari. I feel like he's underappreciated. Can I can I say my favorite thing in this match was Aiden English pulling out the reference to divorce court when Davari hit that hit that move off of the second rope. That's the name that the. Uh, that Jim Cornette gave when the Midnight Express would do that divorce court because you divorce your arm from your shoulder, and 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 I hadn't heard it, it gets mentioned occasionally, but man, I always mark for when they throw in a good old school reference in there, and I I I love that. Yeah, I liked this non finish. I thought that was good. The big problem on this show, and it continues to be the big problem, is Tony Nese is a weak champion. Uh, once again, we have Tony Nese backstage delivering a, okay, video promo. But we've now had so many of these, he doesn't feel like he is dominating anything. Yeah, he says that he's not willing to give up the title yet. Yes, yes, yes. But he is not commanding my screen, and he's not commanding my attention. I understand what they're trying to do here. They're trying to do the candid interview type thing for uh, both him and Tozawa. I just, we've done uh, this for several weeks now with him. Yeah, and, and, and Tony wasn't saying anything other than, hey, I won the title at WrestleMania. And if you think and, I'm and just, just going like, to give this up, I'm not just going to give this up because yeah, I won I, the title at WrestleMania. He has a rich history with Drew Gulak. I, I, I'd much rather hear him off the off script, and I think that's mostly the problem That's the here. big problem is he really needs to tap back into the Drew Gulak history, mm-hmm. the idea of... Getting beat up by Drew Gulak made him do some of the important soul-searching that made him the champion he is today. And if he thinks that he's getting the same Tony Nese he got the last time he stepped into the ring with Tony Nese, he doesn't because now I have the heart of the champion. Like There's a much more compelling promo for him to be delivering rather than, I'm not ready to lose the title yet, which sounds kind of pathetic. Like, please don't break up with me. I kind of dug that Tozawa didn't smile. Yeah, I like that. Things. I think that was a nice edge. And I, I understand what they were doing with the staging of the Drew Gulak promo, where in order to get that intense feeling, he only says the last few words into the camera. But I, I it's was watching so over the listen- top, and his look is just weird. There's, I, I no, don't- I don't mind either of that. I don't mind the look, and I didn't mind the content of this promo. You didn't think it was a little bombastic? This was the he's sort supposed of to be mythi- misanthropic thing that you were worried about. No, he's trying to be poetic. And I had to expurgate the... the entirety of the old Drew Gulak. I don't have a problem with it. No, I don't, because it's it's part of the c- character development. I just wanted it to be a conversation between him and the audience as opposed to looking down. I thought that was the problem with, with this promo. Um, you know, it, it's not... Let's put it this way. The words he was saying, 
are not unnatural to me to somebody like Drew Gulak. They're unnatural to me to somebody like Lars Sullivan. No, here's the problem with the words he was saying, though. They necessitate a change in in-ring style because he was saying that all of the feet on the ground, safe and sound, all of that other stuff that he was talking about, because it wasn't just the PowerPoint presentations. The better Drew 05 Live character was about you know, a certain style of match as well, and so it seems like all of that is also getting eschewed. Well, that's what he is. Drew to be, but I think what he's teasing is he's going to be a bit of a brawler, or the way he was giving that promo necessitates a bit of a stylistic change, more cheating, more... Scurrilousness, uh, more usage of chairs. Oh, and usage I don't. Of I, I, I think no, 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 no. I, I no. I, I think this is this is catch point, Drew. I think he's going to be the 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 badass technician of this of this. Brand okay, but on. that's not then. Then line by line, go back and watch the promo. What he was teasing was a anything goes. The means justify the ends, Machiavellian okay. sort of ring style, and I don't think that okay, that's appropriate no. for Drew Gulak. Maybe I'm forgetting it then, but I'll go back and watch it. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, but I, I got much more of a Machiavellian vibe off of it, and that's why it missed, okay. the, missed the mark for me. Okay. So, let's go to NXT UK. We'll have a big main event here with a, a battle royale. But first and foremost, we have to talk about Cassius Ono versus Kenny Williams. First, Cassius Ono comes out with a tribute to Andy Kaufman, which reminds me, Jeff, that if you... The listener have not signed up for our Patreon. You can hear Jeff and myself talk about Andy Kaufman for nearly two hours. Go to patreon.com slash shake them ropes. It's patreon.com slash shake them ropes and sign up today. Get the Andy Kaufman episode. Well, we just dropped an episode also about 20 years after Beyond the Mat. And, also true. Uh, that was a that was a fun talk. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw this shirt. And I looked at it as a tribute to. Not only Ole Anderson, who always had these shirts on there, but man, I'm like the yellow dude, scheme. The yellow scheme's Andy iron, Kaufman. Iron on letters. That's so 1980s mall kid. I am for this. I am for more old school references in wrestling. I popped hard for this shirt, Chris. I I want this shirt sold. Much much of the same raggedy way that this shirt was made. I want them ironing letters at venues. Because <laughs> I adored this shirt. I did. I thought this match was fine. This kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. Although, I will say, I thought Gnome Dar was going to be involved in this match. But that's also because initially, I thought, like last week when we were talking about this, Gnome Dar was going to ally up with Cassius Ono as a new heel alliance. What I think is happening, though, if we can kind of jump ahead to the backstage promo with Gnome Dar and Kenny Williams, is I think Kenny is ultimately going to turn heel. I think Gnome and is going to... Him? Yeah, I think Gnome's going to be the devil in his ear. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. It, it, these shows at the Download Festival are, are always a little weird. Um, the regular NXT used to do this all the time back when, uh, you know, the Bailey years, uh, they were still there. Now they've kind of poured it over to NXT UK. It's a hard rock festival, but with pro wrestling, and it's just like, okay, uh, kind of cool, but, you you know, I, I, I would think... I think for the download festival that the wrestling would want a little bit more of an edge than the corporatized WWE product. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. The crowd seemed to enjoy everything. Um, we have to go into the tragedy 
the national tragedy. Flag should be flown at half mast. I did not like this. Uh, this 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 for the hunt, Boy. losing to Gallus. This was the only good thing about this is it appears that the hunt might have a new ally in Dave Mastiff, and I'm pretty on board with that. But the hunt losing to Gallus and losing to Gallus in this way very very disheartening. I would have much rather had a brawl. Where they, yes, where they a non-finish. This, yes, and then out comes Joe Coffey, and then out comes Dave Mastiff. I don't actually see merit in either team winning or losing decisively in this chapter of the story. So I was a bit I think surprised it's because to we like the, the hunt. hunt. Look, they don't look. I, no, I, I, I think that, that's part of yeah. it. But like, there's still the undersized baby faces, and they're supposed to be wild men. We've really just established them. If you're gonna beat them eventually, you're gonna beat them. And I think you and I are both at peace with the idea that these guys are never going to dethrone grizzle young veterans and become the next champions for the next six months or eight months or you whatever. take that back you take that back uh, look i believe I be- i'm sorry i'm phone. sorry i believe i believe and i'm sorry and i'm sorry and i still believe <laughs> but i think uh, we've made some peace with that but at the same time i i can still kind of look at this and go like oh, what's the point of gallus beating them, except for the fact that I think that there's a chance that maybe Dave Mastiff and the Hunt end up beating Gallus here, and this ends up being kind of a 50-50 I'll take, feud. I'll take that. If, if Dave Mastiff's offense is just throwing Mike Hitchman into members of Gallus, that would make me a happy man. Just just picking up that little, just pick up Mike Hitchman, rolling him up into a ball and just throwing him like a dodgeball at Joe Coffey's head. That's my dream. The one thing I like is that we are slowly making little alliances of threes. And I think that gives the NXT UK vibe something kind of distinct. It's not like there's like one super dominant faction. you got Gallus and you've got the Hunt plus Mastiff, the, the primate, the wild boar, and the Mastiff. You have the grizzled young veterans, and you can always just throw someone in, I, I suppose, if you need to just put a warm body in there to get pinned. Joseph Connors is always available. Um, no one's, you know, lighting up his phone book. Mustache Mountain. Everybody should, every, everybody should pin Joseph Connors. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, he's he's yeah. highly available to be pinned. And then you also have Imperium, of course. Let's go back to the Imperium promo real quickly. I thought this overstated its welcome. I don't think everybody needs to talk in this faction. I stand by the idea that Marcel Bartel should basically be doing all of the talking. Walter cutting the promo at the end way too long. Everything about this was it, yes. it was not long as in getting good heat. It was long as in overstate its welcome. Walter needs to stand back and just be quiet and sneer. Alexander Look satisfied just... as Bartell yes. is cutting the promo. And and if he yes. says something that Bar- or Bartell says something that Walter doesn't like, give him just this look of death. Bartell gives this look of I am sorry and corrects himself. Yes, Wolf just needs to look like he's uh He's jonesing for a fix, and he's like, like partially hinged, not not yes. unhinged, not fully hinged, partially hinged, just a little fidgety, just just enough. Bartell, the calm, cool, intelligent one, and maybe Bartell Eichner? as either his hype or Eichner as a, as his hype man, or as a guy who wants to talk, but they don't ever got want to. I don't want to do the destruction crew. I'll handle this one. But I'm fine with with Eichner not talking. I I am. Yeah, I think Eichner Bartel as voice. Talk. Yeah, I don't want the uh, they they do this with the undisputed era a bit too much. The uh, 
what I like to call the Tomax and Zaymot promos, where everybody's finishing each other's sentences and things of that nature. I don't need that. I don't need everybody to have a turn. I know who everybody is, but I want everybody to have their own unique personality on this team. And it's a great team. It's a great faction. It's one of my favorites. But let's let's just not, uh, yeah, just just Walter. If he if he's speaking in complete sentences, I don't want that. I just want a couple of words, and you know those words have meaning. Yeah, he really should just be announcing the name of the next person he wants to face. Just Pete Dunn, and then hands Peter. back. Yeah, yeah, Peter. Peter. Come out here, Peter, <laughs> and then he hands back the microphone to Marcel Bartel. Something, yeah. something to that effect. No, I, I, mm-hmm. I think Walter needs to be doing a little bit more outsourcing here. This doesn't need to be four equals, and this was very close to four equals. This very much needs to be. There's a spokesman, and then yeah. there's the general, and the general does not yeah. need to be an equal. And I, I don't like the choreographed feel of, 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 of the of the promo where all four have kind of like the same number of lines. Yeah, no, I know. And, that and I didn't like, like that. Yeah. No, I didn't like that. And no, that, that had issues. But then we get to our main event, a kind of short but sweet battle royal with Kaylee Ray versus Zia Brookside, Ginny, Jazzy Gabbert, Isla Dawn, Candy Floss, Piper Niven, Killer Kelly, Nina Samuels, Rhea Ripley, Rio and Kanji. The one thing that I was looking for throughout this match and was notable that they were kept separate was Rhea Ripley and Jazzy Gabbert. Was uh, going to see yeah. if they were going to touch. They did not touch at all, and they were kind of kept strategically separated through the entirety of this match. Rhea, Rhea Ripley is getting better uh, in terms of her presence by the day. I mean, she already had some presence, but she's really getting solid. I liked the stories told in this. I like, you know, Zaya Brookside should be the one to eliminate Jazzy. And then, of course, Ginny has no friends, so she gets her butt kicked after that. I'm just done with the person is knocked out of the ring and waits out there until the last person is thrown out and then steals the win. I, I want a moratorium of five years of that story because I'm done with it. I'm I'm done with it. Everybody in a battle royal should stop if somebody's on the outside, go out, drag that person in because it's unfair that they're hanging outside the ring and then start beating on each other again because I'm just it it it, it defies all logic for me. I don't mind Kaylee Ray winning. I don't I think Zion No, and, and, and should... here's the only thing I can say about this particular finish. It fits in with the grander theme of the story that they have been telling which is that they all forget about Kaylee Ray. And yeah. that was I mean that's the only defense I can have of this finish because I'm with you, Jeff. I've seen this Every person battle royal now yes, does that. They, they do Every it all the time. It makes sense with Kaylee Ray in the the first beat of the story gives you the foreshadowing for the finish of the story. So on that front, okay. But otherwise, no. I, I'm very fi- done with this last beat. Well, it just makes everybody in, who's participating look stupid. It goobs them out as if nobody has any self awareness that there's somebody outside of the ring that could possibly win. It, it it drives me insane. No, the uh, the know. part where it looks really bad is for the person, in this case, Zaya Brookside, who's standing in the ring waiting for the bell to ring, and then she even has like the look of realization of, oh, the bell's not ringing. 
but Kaylee Ray's still several seconds before she's going to hit Zaya Brookside. So Zaya has to like look confused, like, oh, what does the bell not ringing mean? Huh? Why would someone not ring the bell? What could that possibly mean? Why? Oh no! <laughs> I don't know where you go from no, there. No, but Jeff. but I but I but I but I'm liking this Zaya Brookside uh, jazzy story. Yes, and there's the a nice long term story being told with Zaya Brookside that is mm-hmm. good. And as I said, for the fell out of the ring and was forgotten about storyline, at least with Kaylee Ray, you have some narrative reason to tell this particular story. It's just a stale story. Sean Ross Sapp over at FIFO made a hell of a point that <laughs> I think needs to be said, especially given all these NXT people with their new names. It's like there was a time in this company where we couldn't have two people named Shane because you had Shane McMahon, and you couldn't have Shane Helms, so they call them Gregory Helms. We now have two Zayas in the WWE. <laughs> Zaya Lee and Zaya Brookside. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I mean, <laughs> my issue remains that like all of these people are now names from that game fighting baseball, like Sleeve McDykel and Onsen Sweeney and Daryl Archideld and Anatoly Schmorin. Dwigged Rortigal. It's probably one. All right, that's enough. That's enough. I can't. Are you sure you don't want more? You don't want. I mean, I can give you Bobson Dugnet again. You want some Bobson Dugnet? Are you watching Stomping Grounds or are you skipping it? I might watch Stomping Grounds. We have like four and a half hours of the Crockett Cup to watch, though. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I could always watch that instead. So that always. Yeah. I I mean, then then I'll probably. I think I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait watching it live. I really am. I got a. I got a wedding Saturday, and then I'm just going to want to enjoy myself on Sunday. So I'm going to watch the wrestling from my childhood. Um, the Crockett Cup, it's under the Hidden Gems under year 1986. If you want to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash shake them roast for as little as a buck. You can get all of our premium shows. We did in-depth look at Hakushi and Muto. We did the Andy Kaufman, almost Andy Kindler, Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey episode. We just did on dropped on tuesday i believe the uh 20 years later beyond the mat that was a fun discussion of how our opinions have changed of that documentary boy that uh, really was that was a really fun retrospective i've done some look backsies since i've been doing wrestling podcasting but i gotta say that was one of the most enjoyable top five easily like that that was much fresher of a text than I thought it was going to be. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. If you just want to follow the show, you can follow that at Shake Them Ropes. Chris also has other podcast projects, which he will plug post-haste. Don't worry.tv. Don't worry about the government on iTunes and Stitcher, and also the All in the Family podcast. New episodes coming out for both of those here in like the next couple of days. So go subscribe, iTunes and Stitcher. Jeff, say something. Rock is the champion after stopping. Him.